Hello everybody, welcome to the Out Time Film Podcast where we talk films, TV, and comic books Doc and everything else. What? 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 What did you say? Nothing. We're doing this we're doing this over Skype again. Uh, my name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host Sean. Hello there. General Kenobi. How have you been this week? Well, there was a lot of interesting things that happened this yeah, week. Yeah, this is a this is a very weird week. Um, yes, not such a weirdest week of my life, apart from the time when lockdown was announced. But anyway. Yeah, it's been a... I, I refuse to call it a good news week. Uh, <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of good stuff, in my opinion. But yeah, we'll be talking news, then we're going to go. We're going to talk about some trilogies this week. Our favourite trilogies. We each have a list of five trilogies. Uh, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, oh, no, we're going to start off with some quite sad news, which is that Cineworld, which is, which no. is like, the one of the biggest cinema chains in the UK, where we are, and also the one that we go to, there's actually a Cineworld, like, a 20-minute walk away from us, um, it seems, according to a Sunday Times article, that it's going to be closing for the rest of this year, um, due to No Time to Die, obviously, James Bond, which has been delayed. Um, this means, like, over 5,000 jobs are um, having to be uh, put redundant. Um, and, wow, this, is, this isn't this is fun news at all. What do you think? Uh, I'm just very sad. Yeah, I know, I know, this is... I... I... I the the report says that it that this will happen as early as Monday, and recording this on the Sunday, I have a film booked for tomorrow, like, oh, and then a film booked for next you Monday. Have a very sad um, lesson. I know it's gonna be like, it's gonna be like the final time I go to Sydney World in this year, maybe. Oh, uh, that's just. Uh, I know, you didn't even get to see Bill and Ted 3. Sorry? You didn't even get to see Bill and Ted 3. Uh, uh, You're... <laughs> are you good? I'm just... What the heck? I know, I know. I could have seen Bill and Ted, but no! They decided to say, hey... Well, I mean, in all fairness, no one's really going, which is unfortunate, but no one is going, so I... The films have been delayed, yeah. especially the one that we wanted to see this year. Mm. All we wanted to see was James Bond, um, but that does actually lead us on nicely to the next um, piece of news, which is that, you know, No Time to Die... James Bond has been delayed until um, April 2021, specifically the 2nd of April 2021. What? What? <laughs> what is going on? This well, is... They, they can't be interested from, Listen, I know everybody loves money. Yes, they do. Really, they just don't love that much. But it's about the film. Film are just the things that we want to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that are coming out this year. It's a business. No, they decided to move it to April. It's a, it's a business. Like that's all you can get. Like, 
that's all you can say, really. I mean, it's very strange because they had this weird marketing push. Like they put out a new trailer. You know, they have like, and and even they, uh, you know, that thing where you like a tweet, you like the um, the advertisement. They go and give like give you information. Yes. Like, mentions. Yes, they had that. Yeah. It's very They're weird. Like, hey, hey, Comedy Channel Forty Two. It's just a mysterious sapin. Double seven's most terrifying adversary. Yes, yet. I got that one too. <laughs> Mad. I know. Me, me too. Me too. Um, but hey, this next piece of news is your favourite. We've got some casting news, John. We've got casting news. We've got casting news. <laughs> We've got some casting news, buddy. Great. I know you love that casting news. Um. Okay, so this is this is a Marvel casting news for uh, Disney Plus. Um, Miss Marvel, so Kamala Khan, has been cast for the Disney Plus series. Iman Vellani, I don't know if I'm saying that right, uh, but she has been cast as Kamala Khan in the new TV show. Huh? This Wait, is TV show. Yeah, it's a, it's a show oh. on Disney Plus. Um, okay. And there was a, there was rumors as well that she'd be showing up in Captain Marvel two. Um, I don't really know whether those rumours... We don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't uh, know if those rumours have any um, ground in, in fact, if anyone actually announced them. But, yeah, well, what, what do you think? What on earth are you doing pretty much? What? What's, what's happening? Why is your microphone gone weird? I don't know. My, my microphone... <laughs> what? No, it just sounds like that you're just destroying it or something. What? Yeah, that's what I've heard. I'm not destroying anything. This is this is it. This is when we're recording the pod over Skype and everything just starts to break down. I knew it would happen one week. Can, you hear, can you hear me now? Yeah, you were just sounding like you were just breaking something. Um, I, I sorry. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, Kamala Khan, Iman Vellani, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's another actress for. Um, wait, does she play? You know, like the one. Um, oh, is it like in the Marvel's Avengers game? Uh, the one uh, she had powers like she can stretch arms. Yeah, that's her. That's her. Oh, well. Um, I mean, you got uh, something for the TV show to. Um, get more into something, but for Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, I I'm not sure. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I don't know anything about. The I, I, I I'm not really cared about this news, really. Yeah, I don't really know anything about the character. I mean, cool, but like uh, right now, I mean, sure. Like we're getting more and more Marvel news, and I'm just a bit like, okay, I don't really care. Um, yes, we don't care. But, we have more news that no one cares about. Avatar 2 has wrapped filming. Yay. James Wait, Cameron really? Yeah, James Wait, Cameron really? confirmed that Avatar I 2 is wrapped. That. I actually don't believe that. No, yep, it, it's wrapped filming and he also said that um Avatar 3 is about 95% through filming. So uh yay. Wait, I forgot how he, how many was he doing? 5 I know. I want to say five, and and I, come on, man, you can make better films. I know, like it's it's you don't bad. Have to expand on this, and 
universe. Yeah, I mean, right. I think I think um I think Avatar came out in 2010 or maybe 2009. That's like 10 or 11 years that he hasn't made any films. Like not one film. Like he's produced quite a few, but he hasn't directed anything, which is absolutely crazy. Right. I'll forgive him if Avatar 2 is actually really good. <laughs> well, yeah. I will also forgive him. But I wasn't that impressed with Avatar One, yeah, so like me I I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah, it's fine. It's cool. It's pretty it's cool. It's Nothing pretty... that spectacular about it. I mean, you got good CGI. I mean, that looked pretty cool. Yeah, the but CGI is great. It was a bit a bit cliche. Yeah, and I, I, I know what you mean. It felt a bit um, hyped. Yeah. It was um, a bit hyped. It didn't deserve to be the, 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 the highest grossing film of all time for so long. Titanic! Wait, wait a minute. Titanic is... It was Titanic, and yeah, then it was. it was Avatar, and then it was Endgame. And out of those three, I still think that Titanic is the best, is the best film out of the three. I agree. Um, but yeah, we yeah. also have um, some other sequel news. <sighs> There's going to be a sequel to The Lion King... Yay! What? This is a oh, this is a, this is not a fun news week. Um, so yes, Disney did confirm that there's going to be a sequel to, sequel to the live action Lion King, but not directed by John Favreau this time. This time it's going to be directed by Barry Jenkins, who directed Moonlight. Have you seen Moonlight? No. No, I haven't seen Moonlight either. But this is such a weird person to direct. Like, from what I know about Moonlight, it's totally the opposite of what um, Lion King yeah, 2 I, would I be. Know. Um, uh, okay, whoever in the comments, uh, if you think Moonlight's worth watching, please tell us. If yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's worth watching. But... So, my, uh, okay, so what, what I got from Moonlight is that you see this person going through three stages of his life. Um, the childhood, the teen, and the adult years. Yeah, it, it seems to be quite a, you know, a serious, you know, grounded, you know, yeah. grittier film. And then The Lion King is a very upbeat musical. Like, what's what's going on here? Are they going to make new songs? Are they going to, like... Are they going to adapt Lion King 2? Simba's Pride? Like, wh- what what are they doing? What's their plan here? Is what I want to know. You know, you know the time when the uh, Oscars got mixed up for like uh, seeing that La La Land. Oh man, man! I wanted La La Land to win. (laughs) I mean, granted, I I haven't seen Moonlight because I haven't seen Moonlight. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen Moonlight, but but I still want La La Land to win because I love that film. I mean, La La Land. I mean, it's just movie magic, really. Mm -hmm. It's just like you watch it on the big screen, and you just. You just hear the lyrics just inside your head, and then just oh yeah, the film. it's brilliant. Me, yeah. Um, all right, okay. So we've got some. Uh, <laughs> um, we've got some more bad news. Um, tell us, Spider Man, Spider Man PS Five um, have decided to remaster the game, and <laughs> and this has caused quite the stir on the internet. Um, They've given Peter Parker a new face, um, and yeah, it doesn't I, look good. <laughs> um, I hate it because, I mean, I 
I don't know why that Sony wanted to take um, um what what's oh, Tom Holland's face? Yeah, this back. It no, I I just can't see it. He just looks a very young person, and I just don't no. No, yeah, no, it, 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 no. it's very, very, very strange. It, yes. does, it doesn't look right at all. Um, no. <laughs> and it just looks a bit static, really. Because the, the game that I played, the original one, um, with the original Peter Parker's face, it worked so much better. But no, they decided to go worse. Yeah, and it's odd because they haven't remastered anyone else's face. You know, everyone else looks like just but, yeah, they how they did his face. Yeah, it was just his face, which is very strange. And I mean, personally, I think it's fine to, to remaster a face, but yeah. but the fact that it looks so much like Tom Holland is just really, really jarring. You know what I mean? I think a lot. Um, you know when everyone? Uh, you know, do you remember when we uh, we saw Spider Man in the trailer? Looked looked pretty cool. In Civil War, you know that. Yes. Show me, yes. Yeah, that was really good. But then, when Civil War or Spider Man Homecoming came out, a lot of the film industries wanted him, didn't they? Uh, want, didn't they? Yeah. Well, Tom Holland has become this kind of big name. I mean, everyone, everyone under the sun, you know, has him as their fan casting. You know, he's doing things like Uncharted and uh, Onward, and you know, um, I, you know, The Devil all the time. He's definitely his career has taken off. You know, yeah, after I mean, Spider-Man. I, I, I have respect for him because he's actually growing and um, doing something. But I yeah. think a lot of fans or a lot of uh, maybe people in the film industry just want to, uh, like, to milk more about Tom Holland because a lot of people, because it targets a lot of uh, a younger audience or that gives out, like, what Tom Holland, like, I mean... I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, maybe they're trying to attract younger audiences. You know, the yeah. promise of, oh, then, it's Tom Holland, it, you like him. It kind of breaks the film. Uh, it just diverts the films a lot. Like saying, oh, this film is bad, oh, this film is good. But then, yeah, it's just, they just love the actor. It's not about the actor. It's about the film. Yes, yes, I agree. But we ha- we have some better, I, I, some some pretty good news now. Um, okay. This is um, some Smash Bros news. Steve, oh, yeah. Steve from Minecraft oh, is coming right, is coming oh. to Minecraft to um, Smash Bros. And this Let me is. Tell you, ladies and gents, uh, it all started years and years ago, and everybody thought, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if Minecraft Steve was in this game?" So then everyone was like, nah, get out, you non-Smash Bro fan. Get out so of town. It was 2018, and then start, people started predicting uh, the Smash Bros DLC packs. Um, so many, many, many came, like Banji Kazooie, uh, Piranha Plan, um, and many more. But this week, something changed. So they de- uh, decided to, to do Nintendo Direct. Uh, surprisingly, out of nowhere, and they said, "Oh, we got announced. We got announced a character." Uh, so everyone's like, "What? What's going on?" So then, when they show the trailer, guess who's in it? Steve. Was it Steve? 
Minecraft Steve. It's Steve, yes. Oh, I, that trailer is very, very cool, and it looks like you know, you know, the Minecraft characters that they're adding have some really interesting new, you know, dynamics. Yeah, and also, um, if you get if you get Nintendo Switch, do you get uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's fun with your friends. Yeah, um, I love that game. It's it's very yeah. good. Yeah, I feel like you're going to get a Nintendo Switch this year, Tom. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. I I, I want to get one for my birthday. They look oh, awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, we also have some more pretty decent news. Um, so this is for the Flash. Um, John, I'm sorry, it's more casting news. Uh, come on, man. <laughs> I know that you love casting news. Um, Billy Crudup, um, who played Henry Allen in Justice League, obviously being Barry Allen's father, is in yeah. talks to come back for The Flash, which oh, is cool. He's a good actor. Um, yeah, and yeah. it's I always like it when, you know, like, you know, people from, like, Justice League, like the Snyder Cut, are gonna, you know, are still coming back. Like in future films, you know, you you know, you Ben Affleck's, Henry Cavill's, and you know the people yeah. who the people who people aren't sure whether they will come back. It's good to know that they are coming back, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think he was a great uh, Henry Allen, um, kind of suited in the uh, car- uh, in the comics as well. That looks a lot like him in the comics, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, there wasn't. There was like two scenes of him in the theatrical Justice League, but yeah. hope. But hopefully, but, but he he's I got more in the Snyder we'll Cut. See more character. Um, yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. We've got. Oh, uh, we got. We got another delay. Um, wait. 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 Can we? Can we? Can we? Um, can we just go back to the Minecraft? Um, um, Smash Bros. thing. I'm very sorry because I just saw something. Yeah. Uh, you know Kirby. I do know Kirby. Um. If Kirby swallows um, Minecraft Steve, um, Kirby will turn into um, a Minecraft thing. Okay, thanks for yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, I, I thought, because Kirby's my big char- um, character Oh, Nintendo things. Thanks, thanks for that, John. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, we've got another delay. Fast and Furious 9... Wait, what? Has been delayed. No! Um, okay, so here's, here's, here's what's going on. So, No Time to Die was delayed until the 2nd of April, which was when No Time to Die was coming out. So, not No, 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 not no Time to Die, Fast and Furious 9. So now they've changed Fast and Furious 9 to come out on the 28th of May. So, about two months later, pretty much. Again, you're, you're beating your mic again. You're, it, it sounded weird again. Did it? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't do anything. Well, it, it it sounds like you're moving books or something. Moving books. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yes, I'm moving all my books. Um, oh, but wow. no. Uh, okay. Uh, Let me tell you. Fast and Furious. We love this franchise. We do. We, we love it to bits. We do. But when the time when lockdown came on, Fast and Furious was like, "Hey, we're releasing cinemas no matter what." <laughs> Yeah, and and now they, and now that they released the film a year, they they decided to release the film a year later. Yeah, this is twenty eighth of May is pretty much a year from its original release date. So so that sucks. Um, but on the on the on the good news front, and um, Cobra Kai, you know Cobra Kai. Yeah, it's got um, 
season it it shows the trailer in season three yes. for Netflix. Yeah, season three has been given a release date for January and season four has been confirmed. So they so they're renewing it for season four. Um which I think is good. I mean, it's not a long show, it's like ten episodes a season. So it's not like it will kind of get tired of itself. Yeah, I got some recommendations from my uh, friends about Cobra Kai. Yeah, Cobra Kai is good, good. I've watched it once through, um, and I really enjoyed it. Good. I definitely recommend it. But now, John, perhaps the best news of the week. We've got more casting news. (laughs) 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 And this uh, this is the weirdest thing. Spider-Man 3, the third Spider-Man film in the Tom Holland series, is looking to bring back Jamie Foxx as Electro, Electro, bringing back Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. And Jamie Foxx himself confirmed this on an Instagram tweet, uh, Instagram post, which he has deleted, but he confirmed it. And, yeah, this is, this is, this is happening. I, yeah, I was just completely, um confused and we, uh, and I felt a bit weird about this because um, we all know Spider-Verse into the Spider-Man. Spider-Verse into the Spider-Man, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah, the one the one true comic book movie. Literally. Um, now we've got something totally different um, because th- this film could possibly be into the Spider-Man film. Oh, I, uh, I, I, I really, no! I, into the Spider-Man! Into the Spider-Man! No. Into the Spider-Man! Into the Spider-Man. Alright, I don't want that. Like, oh, I just think that would be so, like... Ripping off. It would be really fan servicey, And I feel oh, like, God. Oh, God, you yeah. know... We haven't even had a proper Spider-Man story yet for Tom Holland. Yeah. Like, he's gone to Washington, D.C. He's gone to, um, you know, Europe. But he ha- we haven't properly seen him in New York, you know, facing down a villain. Like, it's not that difficult, you know? Yeah. Like, it's difficult to make it, like, a good story, obviously. But it's, like, it's not difficult just to have him in in New York with a simple story, you know, bring it back to the days of Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, like... You know, Iron Man is finally dead. You know, we don't have to dwell on him anymore. We can have a proper Spider-Man story that isn't too focused on, you know, connecting with the MCU. And I think that's what this film needs. Yeah. Whether or not it's just an Electro film. um, If they're doing a Spider-Verse film, I feel like they're just going to rip off the the one true comic book film. Right, exactly. Like... I don't think I don't think you can do Spider-Man first, really, in in live action. Can I just say that's Kinda sounds impossible. Yeah, like how do you like? Okay, yeah, sure. You bring back Tobey Maguire. You bring back Andrew Garfield. But you know, Spider Verse is a visual thing. You know, is like a really wacky concept, and doing that in you know in live action is difficult. Why do I feel like that Marvel is trying to whip well, trying to get a lot of stuff back? Like, for example. You know when uh, Marvel, uh, you know, uh, no, the uh, Doctor Strange film, yeah? Yeah. Uh, the Magnus scene, yeah. There was rumours like Tom Cruise was going to be in it, like right. playing as exactly. the big Iron Man. Exactly. Oh, and, uh, like, some uh, some old characters bringing back as well. I, I'm not sure, but it, 
I think it could possibly be. Uh, and then uh, when they uh, when DC announced uh, Flash White, which sounds totally original, mm-hmm. they, uh, then now it's Spider Verse. They bringing back the old actors and. Yeah, this feels very much like Marvel trying to, you know, catch up with DC. DC says, oh yeah, yeah, we're bringing back Michael Keaton, we're bringing back Ben Affleck, you know, we could bring back all these different Batman and Superman and in different flashes and make this giant multiverse thing. And then Marvel kind of think, oh right, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that too. And then they decide to do all these things. And I feel like they're just trying to play catch up, which is exactly what got DC... Like, this is exactly what DC did back in 2016 and 17. And it's yeah, exactly why DC failed. For a long time. But this, this what? There's the Spider-Verse, yeah? When did Spider-Verse come out? 2018? Yeah. 2018, totally yeah. Original film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was by uh, Sony Animations. Um, not, um, not really joined with Marvel, because Marvel didn't really did much product placement with the Spider-Verse film, I think. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, um, so then, uh, well, DC's been planning a lot, right? Since, um, Justice League or before, um, or after Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they, I, they have been planning a lot, I can tell. But then Marvel, they go, hey, let's, let's, let's get, uh, Jamie Foxx back, uh, uh. Right, yeah, like, DC failed when they tried to, to copy Marvel, and now they're not copying Marvel and they're succeeding. Marvel have always done their own thing, but I feel like if they if they now try to copy what DC are doing, this could be their downfall. Ooh, this like some Macbeth stuff going here. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna kill King Duncan. Oh no! Oh my God, King <laughs> Feige! They're gonna kill King Feige. <laughs> <laughs> this is the equivalent. This is the equivalent. Uh, King Feige. Um, yeah, I, I'm just hoping that DC will throw, uh, you know, hit it out the baseball park and and celebrate, even though Marvel is just doing the copycat work. Because yeah, I hope so too. I hope they properly, you know, nail it. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Whoever's from DC or DC films. Please, just make it original. Um, yeah. Because a lot of people think you're whipping off Marvel, but don't. You're great, guys. You're great. Yeah, you're doing good. You're doing so good. Okay. Uh, I think that's uh, news done. Um, Yay! No more casting news. <laughs> oh, wait, no, John, we've got another piece of casting news. <laughs> Imagine. Um, Okay, um, so we'll hop on to our main segment now. We're going to talk about our, each of our top five favourite trilogies. John, do you have a list of favourite trilogies? Yes. Good, I also have a list of favourite trilogies. It's not in particular order, because I, um, I was trying to rank it, but then I was like, oh, but this is the good for... No, I... Nah, yeah, so it's All not right. in particular order... I'm sorry, but that's fine. Really that's fine. Let's just we'll we'll just t- we'll just talk about it. Um, okay, so I'm gonna throw my first one out. Um, the Cornetto trilogy. Yes. Um, I've got that one. My number one. Is so, that yeah? Okay. Uh, it's not a particular order. So let's talk about the Cornetto trilogy. I mean, it's it's really weird that a tri- the a trilogy that all of the films have no connective tissue other than the fact that they have the same cast and crew behind them. Yes. Like, it's mad that these films are so well done. Yeah, know? and they're totally different. Absolutely, totally different. Um, 
So, uh, so my favorite film from the Cornetto trilogy, uh, I think it's ah uh, that, that it's either Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead. Mm. Yeah, I think I'd probably say Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz is really good though. Yeah, it is. Shaun of the Dead is really funny. Yeah, well, they all bring like this kind of humor that you know this this kind of you know. Really, yeah, really. Fuzz. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm saying hot fuzz because of that, um, that bin scene, you know, and when, um, Sam Peg got hit by that. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or like, uh, you know, and there's this kind of connective tissue throughout. Like in, now I'm not sure if they do this in every film, but they do it in, in, in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, where they jump over the fences. Yeah. Like they yeah. do this. Like they just have this really interesting and funny way of. Of presenting, you know, the narrative. Um, yeah. The, the the team the team behind it actually made a, a TV show before before these films called Spaced, which is on. Uh, I I highly recommend Spaced. Spaced is Spaced. so good. It's on UK Netflix right now, um, and it's incredible. If you haven't seen it, it's so good. It's so so very good. But yes, yeah, it's, um, it's the same. Yeah. You know, team behind it. Yeah. Uh, wait, the same team. Yeah, yeah, it's... Oh, um, wow. Oh, you know, them. They're, they're, they're really good. Yeah, um, yeah, it, you know, so it's I've, Edgar yeah, Wright uh, and all that. Uh, yeah, and also the director uh, of this trilogy is amazing. Though. Yeah, well, I think like, most people have probably seen Baby Driver or Scott Pilgrim. And, you know, yeah, this... this uh, I think I think, I think this stuff, stuff. But anyway, has a different uh, kind of tone because this stuff is, like, written by Simon Pegg as well. And, yeah. you know, his team, like, you know, like his his vision brings a lot of um, unique comedy to it. And, you know, like, especially Hot Fuzz, it's such a perfect film. Like, there's yeah. nothing in the narrative that is bad about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you can't say anything bad about um, Hot Fuzz because it's a true body cop film. It really is. I think... Up, up, up there with the nice guys. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, other than maybe... World's End, uh, you got, you know, some, you got really perfect films, like, I think World's End is definitely the weakest of the bunch. Yes. But, like, I, you know, I think that these are some solid films, and, you know, really good watching, and, you know, they're not like, a trilogy is like this giant epic story, you know, that they keep it grounded, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I feel like that, um, these films, um, which I, ha- I I have seen, but when I, saw, I watched them the first time, I was like, whoa, this is like, um, what, British cinema is really like, because usually we, we see, we, we saw a lot of, uh, I saw a lot of American films, uh, you know, like, um, like over the top blockbusters, but then when you watch Hot Fuzz, it's over the top, it's hilarious, it's fun, um, and... It's it's a great film to watch with anyone, but then if you're watching like a really deep film, yeah, just just watch it. It's a great film. It really, really is. Um, okay, do you have a trilogy to talk about? Yes, a trilogy that I have to talk about is the Back to the Future trilogy. Ah, it's a good trilogy. It's a good trilogy. Yes, I'll talk about it now. So, <laughs> the first time I watched the trilogy, uh, then again, I was mind blown. Because the concept is just amazing. Because you've got 
like um, a man, no, uh, a man and a doctor um, just trying to save his future or, or the past uh, from something. Or it, it's just a, it's just a really good it's a really good trilogy because uh, the first one is just. A beautiful piece of art. Well, the first one, as you know, is my is my favorite film of all time. Yeah. Um, and it's my second favorite film of all time. Yeah, it it's so good, and it's such a fresh, unique concept, and it really comes together with the cast. And how you know? How do you? Yeah, you, how, you learn new facts about the film. Actually. You re- yeah, yeah. Every time you you know, there's there's always something else. You know, you know, it's quotable. It's deep. It's emotional, and it's funny. You yeah. know, and it's also kind of just uplifting. Just reflects the eighties so well. Yeah, um, it it gets a really nice eighties nostalgia, and I, I think the first one is so perfect. And then how do you, you know, how do how do you then go on and make a sequel? And then they yeah. did it, and they took it to the next level, and it's so much more layered, and, you know, it's so much more complex, and there's so many more incredible moments, and then the third one takes it back even further in time, yeah. and, you know, it, uh, every single one does something different, and something, you know, unique, you know, th- this, isn't, this isn't on my list, because, you know, I do, I do think that the films get progressively worse, but still, you know, the fact that they managed to keep a consistent tone throughout like I watched this at the cinema a month ago, um, and I watched all three of them in the same day, and it was it was great, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it's just about these films that just gives you a bit of um, a bit of like a bit of joy and happiness about like just look around and see uh, that you can change the future very well, and yeah, um, and yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's very much you know as. As uh, as Doc says, as Marty says, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Yeah, and um, it's, it's one of the great ending to a trilogy um, because you've got Doc and it, his wife uh, and his new children uh, on the this new crazy invention of the train. <laughs> right. Yeah, the train yeah. is definitely a, a wacky one. That, that's interesting because, um, at least for me, you know, I would have preferred it if, you know. They kind of left that in, you know. They kind of left it up in the air a little bit, like they never show. Also, Doc's Doc's kid is really creepy. Like, oh, yeah. he he does oh. this weird thing where he like taps his penis. It's really weird, oh. and I don't know if you've seen it, but like, it's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it's really really weird. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, it, 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 I, next I, one. Yeah, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out my next one. Uh Toy Story. Um, um Okay, so, so I know that I know that Toy Story doesn't necessarily count as a trilogy anymore. Obviously Toy Story four came out. Just ignore the four, just ignore the four, just ignore But even uh, without the four, number four, and I would say four is like a pretty good epilogue. Like Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, like <laughs> Uh, again. I Okay, let me tell you something. This is the trilogy that I cried the most on. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ah. It, it, it uh, really okay, is an emotional roller coaster. When me uh, and Tom watched the trilogy, I didn't expect to cry so much. Oh, you cried so much at the, at the first film. I think it's it's interesting because, you know, cl- c- classically, you know, the film that you, that you cry the most at 
is the third one. You know, that's what a lot of people think. But for us, we cried most of the first one. Yeah, like um, let me tell you, because I watched this film a lot when I was in in my childhood, because it, it... it's the music that just gets you um, a lot. Like, you've got a friend in me. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got, like, all the old memories of watching it. Like, ah, oh, it just makes me so sad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, it's like... I didn't cry at that scene. Obviously, you did. But um, it's like the end, like, is so uplifting. You know when they... You know, when when they go onto the... You know, they've got the blooming... The rocket strapped to them. And, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and Buzz, like, frees them. And the music soars. And, and you know, they, they, they fly and, and, and you know... Oh, like, their no. friendship is, is, is oh, no. truly, like, fully built in that moment. And, yeah. and, and it, it's... Again, how do you make a film better than that? And then they go make Toy Story 2. Which, you know... Poses so much more of the emotions and you know the the I you know the the existential questions. Um, um, yeah, um, another thing that um, about Toy Story. When I watched the first time uh, Toy Story, um, this is uh, this is different uh, for me because there was no DVDs or anything uh, when Toy Story uh, came out. But um, you didn't know if you didn't know this. Um, when I was younger, uh, I went to uh, Los Angeles because uh, of my uh, deafness and everything. And they had to teach me. Uh, so there was Toy Story. Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2 um, was in, in the store. And uh, it was a DVD computer thing. So when I got back, I got the, um, the DVD and I plugged it in my dad's computer, uh, which was like the Windows Oh, it was old Windows. It was like that start subbed up. Do, no, no. Ah, I just told you. Uh, <laughs> so then I watched I it. I know what you're talking the about. Dark, under the uh, dining room table, uh, under the dining room table, um, and it was just amazing, really, for me, because it was just such a different film. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I had um, I had toys of of Woody and Buzz. They're actually under my bed in a box. Um, and I used to carry them around everywhere, so much so that I broke um, both of Buzz's hands, uh, one of Buzz's ar- legs, and his head. They all just snapped off um, because of, oh. like, I played with him and carried him around everywhere I went. And, it, you know, it just has that effect on you, you know, because these characters are so likeable and you know you can really like empathize with their struggle and toy yeah. story 3 talk about you know a way to bring back a franchise you know 10 years later 11 years later um and reinvigorate it you know and, and recapture the magic and the humor like you know things like spanish buzz like mm-hmm. some really funny jokes in there but then it brings some of the most like emotional like punches of the trilogy you know, like, the yeah. ending is just gut-wrenching, and is like, you know, like, and 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 it's something that everyone can empathise with, and everyone can understand, because, you know, we, we all have had toys, and you can we can all understand, like, getting rid of them after so long, you know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean, because it was just uh, emotional for us, because we, when we watched it um, at uh, a really young age... We didn't know what the jokes were talking about as well. But then when we watched it older, we were just like, oh, this is really um, funny. And yeah, it, 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 it fits. 
it's a really good film for all the ages. Yeah, really. it fits for everyone. Like, there are, like, some jokes that only adults will get in, like, especially number two, there's a specific joke at the end where Jesse lets, like, the door open for Buster and then Buzz's wings come out and it's, like, a little boner joke and it's, like, oh, that's, like, that's, re- that's really fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hurt. I don't know why my eye hurts. Ow. Oh no! You got um, you got eye COVID. No. You've got eye COVID, John. No. I'm sorry. Ow, you've got. Ow. Ow. <laughs> okay, give me another trilogy. Ah. Ow. Ow. Okay. Um. The Spider-Man trilogy. Yes, as a lot of people call it, the Holy the original Trilogy. One. Say again. The, the original one. Yeah, of course, the, of course the original one. There's no other Spider-Man trilogy just yet. Um, what a trilogy. Let me tell you about this. This is the first time I got introduced into superhero films. Because um, it was at the age of two or three when I had the VHS tape for the first Spider-Man film. And oh boy, oh boy, I was so interested in the film and I love it. Because... It has that old, uh, you know, that old um, comic nostalgia. I, I um, it, it kind of reminds me of that because all the old comics I had when I was uh, younger. Um, um, and it, Toby Guy was uh, a great actor for Spider-Man. Yeah, he, re- he really was. You know, like, a lot of people always say, like, oh, you know... Spider-Man kicked off, like, the modern-day superhero film, you know, it was responsible for the MCU and all that, and that's true, but to us, it was just, like, this great film, like, it it didn't matter what it started, like, it was a great film, and it had two great sequels, like, I mean, yeah, Spider-Man 3 isn't the best, you know, it has problems, you know, Venom isn't great, but when when I was a kid, that was my favourite of the three. Like, I watched it all the time. I loved Venom. I loved the black suit. I loved the scene of Peter Parker, you know, emo Peter dancing down the street. Like, this stuff was like, I loved it when I was little. And it's like, you can't take that away, no matter, you know, how how bad the film's like me. And, you know, even today, I would say that Spider-Man 1 and 2 especially really, really hold up, you know? Yeah, uh, I... I, Spider-Man 2 is my favourite from the trilogy because... It had that. Um, it was nearly like a Sp- into the Spider Verse because it had that um, original like comic book. Um, um, it came out like a comic book or something. Um, but uh, this year, I read a comic book called um, Spider Man uh, Life Story. Yes, I want to read oh, that. Oh God, that is a really good comic book um, because. It was a very. It had a really emotional ending. It's such a good ending because it just reminded me of uh, Spider-Man Two. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it, not a lot, but it just reminded me of that because, um, like, of the two characters that I really love, like Mary Mary Jane and um, Peter Parker, because it, it, it that film kind of uh, what made it as it is today between them. Uh, between them. Uh, yeah, that's like that's one of the best. Like. It, you know, it's one of the best superhero, you know, like, love interests, you know, and, especially in Spider-Man 2. And there was a lot of, um, like, comedic stuff that I really liked uh, in the film. <laughs> uh, like, uh, when Jonah J, uh, uh, Jonah J 
Johnson. Uh, Jay, that's it, right? Uh, and then John, are you okay? J. Jonah Jameson Jr. Uh, I did. No, J. Jonah Jameson Sr. I've heard that name for ages. Um, and his laugh when um, up with with Lasher. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I forgot his, the actor's name. J.K. Simmons. No, no, no. Uh, he was playing as Jonah. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Right, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> he was laughing that loud. I yes, was just like, he has that laugh, and he's like, "Could you pay me in advance?" And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it if I tried." Um, yeah, <laughs> there are some amazing castings, and I mean, like, like think about Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Like, he's so cool. You know, and then, um, oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. what's he called? Alfred Molina as, um, Dr. Octopus. Like, yeah. it, they're just such a good casting, like, throughout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree, because there was a lot of uh, actors that really nailed uh, the characters uh, from this comic book, because... Uh, especially that it's really hard to uh, get into the uh, the characters of these uh, superheroes or some like that. Uh, these characters, uh, yeah, and it they did a really good job. Yeah, so give yourself a pat on the back. Uh, yeah. yeah, well done, Sam Raimi. Um, I'm actually studying the Spider-Man films for my extended project in college. Really? Yep. Oh wow! So I've been listening. So I've been listening to a ton of director's commentary stuff, and I tell you what, it's really harsh what happened on Spider Man Three. Like, yeah. that was intense. Um, but yeah, okay. So I'm gonna put forth my next trilogy, Planet of the Apes. So we're oh, talking the I, new trilogy. I, uh, I have that as, on as well. Oh great! Okay, that's another crossover. Uh, um, not in random. It's in random order. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to talk about more about Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Well. Um, oh. Why? Like we're talking, we're talking the new trilogy, by the way. You know, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, yeah, Dawn and so War. Yeah, this is like, oh, what a like the new, new, new trilogy. Yeah, the new, new, new. It's an incredible trilogy. Like I remember, like I hadn't, I watched them pretty much all at once because I watched the first two one night and then the third one at the cinema the next night. And there has never yeah. been any uh, films. Okay, uh, this uh, this trilogy. Um... It is a cinematic masterpiece. It is. There, I mean, like, obviously, you, you know, you got to talk about, like, the CGI, incredible stuff with all the, yeah. all the monkeys. I, I'm really impressed about the CGI. Yeah. Right you know. Because I was just like, uh, wait, are these real monkeys or not? Because... Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, it's good in the first one. Like, it really holds up, but it only gets better. And by the third one, you know, it's so cool. And there's never been a trilogy that's, or any film that's made me hate humans more than, yeah. than especially we, we, Rise we of the... We are trash. We're yeah. Trash. Especially, especially Rise of the Planet of the Apes. You really, really, like, hate the humans who are doing these horrible things to the apes. Yeah. And I think and, that... And we don't this, deserve this world, really. No, yeah, well, you know, it poses a really interesting ideo- ideological question about, you know, yes. you know who's yeah. in charge. And I really and, like that because... You know, who deserves it, to be in charge. messages about, like, a lot of um, animal abuse or um, a lot of things that the world... That, that humans uh, do unnecessary things. Um, yeah. And they do ruin it to nature. But then, what I really like about the trilogy is that it's a world where uh, nature fights back 
and uh, it's that beauty of the like um, not super religious or anything, but like when like when God gave the world, He saw it was good. Yeah. But then it wasn't. So then nature fought, fought back, and then right. Exactly. That's what made the trilogy really good. Uh, yeah, about. and and you know you kind of follow the underdogs. You know, like you know traditionally you should be you should be rooting for the humans, but they make the apes so empath- empathetic. Yeah. You know, and like yes. y- you really, you know, they really make a case for them. Like I really hate the humans in these films like so much, and the apes are just. Like you, they don't, you, they don't want to fight. You know that they, you know they just want to live in peace, but they keep on being, you know, yeah. disrupted and, by us. And the interesting thing that um, about the, you know, like um, that apes have like a ninety-five percent um, replication of, 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 of our DNA. Yes. So it's like, um, like that. This that that apes are our first version of us, and. They they were just peaceful and harmony, but then when we came, we just trashed the whole place. So then, yeah, um, we just have these emotional connections with these um, animals and uh, things as well. And it, it also uh, um, connects with me as well, because they use a lot of, um, well, little sign language, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And, like, um, you know, in, in the first film, Caesar... <laughs> Uh, communicates with Maurice, um, who's the big orangutan, uh, via sign language. Yeah, and uh, and uh, orangutans and uh, chimpanzees, they have a lot of um, bad knowledge and a bit of... Uh, especially there was a one... Um, was it a gorilla? Um, no, there was a, a gorilla that you can talk to, but in sign language, American sign language. Right, yeah. Yeah, uh, and she, uh, the gorilla, um, or the monkey, she uh, she met really a lot of famous people like um, Robin Williams. Oh yeah, I know uh, who you mean. I know who you mean. Yeah, and that yeah, that I really loved um, about nature, really. Yeah, and there's a lot of really good um, stuff about it. Like uh, in the second one, the second one really uh, got a bit scary for me because it was just got a, a lot intense. Yeah, Cobra specifically you know he was like a pretty scary monkey you know he had like he had some proper like yeah like moral questions that really like changed things and the the performances throughout the trilogy like you got some like really like great like actors you know James Franco's in the first one Gary Oldman in the second one Woody Harrelson and and Steve Zahn in the third one and you know Andy Serkis. Really good actors in the Yeah, it's brilliant. And then Andy Serkis, like, like I, like, I obviously I knew him from Gollum, like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. You know, Snoke in yeah. Star Wars, um, Ulysses Claw in Avengers and Black Panther. But this really, like, really, really put him on the like, like I was surprised by like, you know, how much range he has just in this trilogy. Like the character yeah. goes through some legit character development. You know, like, he properly changes throughout. Yeah, and it's really interesting to see about how, um, like, we, we, we normally see um, um, that he does a lot of, like, characters uh, in CGI or something like that. But yeah. this one's, like, an animal, and he does a really good job of um, playing as Caesar as yeah. a monkey. Because it's really hard to replicate the, um, the movement uh, as well. 
Yeah, I agree. It, it's so good, and there's also some there's some sca- there's some scary stuff with you know the virus that wipes out humanity. That's that's quite scary. Like when you think yeah. about it, like. But yeah, then you've got like really, really um, like like good emotions. Like the third one brings the emotions so much, and there's like such a good like the main theme for the film is incredible. Like. Um, it's called Exodus Wounds, and oh man, it's such a good theme. Like it's so like slow and emotional, and then it builds when it has to, and oh, like right. I need to get the trilogy because I haven't got it on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, right. I've got it on DVD, um, but I'll get it on Blu-ray one day. And it's oh, it's just one of those that's like man, like what a what a surprise. And then Matt Reeves, the director of the second two, like. I'm so glad he's doing Batman because he did a really, really good job with these films. Because uh, yeah, when we saw uh, when I saw the first film, I was like, oh, this is uh, this is really good. But then uh, it wasn't the same director. But then when when uh, the second one, I said it was intense because Matt Reeves did a really good job in that, um, and he's such a good director. And um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, as well what you said, he's doing the Batman. And, he, uh, uh, if you haven't seen the interview uh, when he was talking about the Batman between in the DC fandom, he was very, very passionate. He was. He's like a he's like a college professor. Like he he knew what he was on about. Like yeah, he was very passionate about it. Or, uh, talking about like uh, the most important things about um, science or something. But the, yeah, it, 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 it's that Matt Reeves is like uh, uh, a bit of, like personality. What why we love Batman and um, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Um. I've got. I've got two more trilogies. You've got one more, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'll do one of mine, and then you can do yours. Then we'll finish one of mine. Okay. So my second favorite trilogy of all time is the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, um, I've got Dark Knight trilogy. Oh right. Okay. So Dark Knight was your last one. Okay. Um. Let's talk about it. Oh man. Oh, oh man. It. It. It is crazy that Christopher Nolan didn't plan this trilogy out. Because it is such a good story, and everything yeah. links together uh, in such an okay. amazing way. Like, yeah. I mean, you got all these um, different. Um, uh, you see, like different act, uh, different directors in a uh, different way. But then, Christopher Nolan just nailed this one because <laughs> he really did. He really, you know, like he changed the game for comic book films. You know, he brought in this kind of realistic and grittiness that. Everything, you know, for a good, you know, five or six years, everything copied that, you know. You know, people yeah. say, like, oh, the MCU is, like, really wacky and stuff. But um, early days MCU was very much, like, grounded in, re- in realism and, like, you know, they were, you know, trying to replicate the tone that the Dark Knight films set out. And I think they do it really well. Knight just dominated, um, uh, dominated Marvel for quite a bit sometime, but then Marvel decided to go off but DC um, did, uh, and Christian Nolan is a really good mix because uh, there's a lot of practical effects and um, and I really love that uh, Christian Nolan took ideas from the long Halloween and uh, Dark Victory as well yeah yeah he, he really it you know fits so perfectly he, he did things that you know obviously at the time weren't weren't seen before and they recently Warner Brothers recently released a uh, one hour and fifteen minute documentary on the making of the trilogy on YouTube. Yeah. I would so recommend you check it out. It is 
incredible. Like, it's so much fun. You get to see how they did all, all, all these things, and, like, as you said with the practical, you know, elements, what I, what yeah, I really appreciated was Chris Nolan talks about how, like, you know, the audience needs something tangible, so, you know, the, 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 the opening of the shot, you know, the beginning of the shot would be practical, the middle would yeah. be CGI, and the end would be, um, would be practical. So, like, in Batman Begins, when the tumbler goes through the waterfall, you know, the start oh. of that jump is practical. The middle of the jump, because obviously that big vehicle can't make the jump, the middle of the jump is, is CGI, and then when it lands, that's practical again. So... That, that is really good, um... Editing style, uh, right? That's really hard. Exactly. Uh, works well. Exactly. Uh, like you know, that's some really impressive um, uses of, of CGI, and and it's it's so well integrated. You know, you, you can't ever really see it. Um, yeah, and 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 also uh, the Batman we saw uh, in the the trilogy, Christopher Bell. I think he did a really good job as playing. I Batman, agree. So. I agree. I think he does such a good job, and. You know, he he really he really does go on a journey, and you know he takes it to to more of a human approach than I think any other actor playing Batman or indeed yeah. any other Batman film had allowed Bruce Wayne to go through. You know, he went through this journey, yeah. um, and um, and and uh, we, we've seen uh, other Batman as well, like uh, Ben Affleck, uh, Michael Keaton. Um, uh, George Clooney. Well, this one was totally different because we did see like the stage uh, going through his uh, uh, his years and everything. But then, then when Batman, there's like a lot of anger and pain, and that what really got got his character with the character uh, as well because there was a lot of um. Uh, here's the thing I like about Batman because it's this thing that um, this is my one of my philosophical things again <laughs> uh, that. Um, I really love because a lot nowadays uh, a lot of a lot of people are saying oh oh um, we we don't want to be uh, relatable uh, relatability or something like that but he is kind of relatable uh, relatable yeah like you get to see that he's you know he struggles and he's a man you know he's confused like at the beginning of. Uh, Batman yeah. Begins, you know, seeing his training and that process. Like, obviously, you don't have the time that something like Gotham does. You don't have five. You don't have five seasons to, you know, to flesh out Bruce's arc and where every couple of episodes, you know, something big happens. Like, you got to do that in one film, and then and then you know show the repercussions and the developments of that throughout. Yeah. And I think I think you know it 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 passes on that kind of thread throughout. Uh-oh. You know, really really yeah. well. Yeah, and uh, the thing uh, that we all love that uh, that DC uh, tries to do that there's a lot of relatability in DC that we like, but the, but Marvel doesn't do that because there's like guards and um, other billionaires that they have their own thing. But when it comes to Batman, it's about aspiration. We want to be Batman, not literally, but we want to be someone like him, like the one that tries to keep the world good and but the way the, our rage and our anger and try to go through this um terrifying world and and once you think about batman what the, the things you go through you can do it uh, you you can try and be the one that um the one person you could be and uh, that's really a um, good thing about batman you could I have inspiration, aspiration from him, and it's just really good. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that that Marvel doesn't have relatable characters, but I would say that you know Batman specifically has, you know, the way that he tries to understand and you know and and, and look out for the little guy is, you <laughs> yeah, know, guy, yeah. in but but in this kind of way that he wants to become a symbol, you know, he wants to you know share his fear. Uh, I, I think that's a really, really, really cool way of doing it, and and I think in every film they pose a really, really good villain against this. You know, in yeah. in Batman like, Begins, um, you know, you got Scarecrow who is literally, but you know, Batman's trying to overcome his fear. That's you know, that's a lot of what the plot is about. And Scarecrow is literally about showing you know your greatest fear. You know, and then you've got you mainly got Ra's al Ghul who is you know. About who, um, who? Who is you know the killing? The killing that, that Bruce is very much against, and then obviously you know Bruce is trying to keep good. order. So what do you put against order? You put chaos. You put anarchy, and that's the Joker. And then you know you've got these two sides of a coin. So what's in the middle of the coin? What's fair? You get Two Face. You know, everything. Everything works so well. And then you've got you know, you've got a you know you've. You've got Bane because because and, and I love I shill Bane so much I love Bane like with a passion yeah. and and you know in, in Dark Knight Rises you know you've got a city that no longer necessarily needs Batman um uh, you know and 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 what you know what's the ra- what's the most radical thing that could come out of that it's Bane you know what could you know what could really you know pose a challenge and then you know what could you know what could really make Batman kind of hold a mirror up to himself. Bane. Bane's the opposite of what Batman could have been, you know, trained by the League of, of Shadows, you know, but gone to that extreme route, you know, it, it shows, you know, it, what if Bruce was, you know, something, what if something had gone wrong in, in Bruce's kind of conception, and, you know, yeah. um, and then, and then you got Catwoman, who's just, again, you know, like, you know, a, a thief, you know, she has that kind of redemption arc as well, you know, she shows a Bane who could have, like, decided to change, and, Everything is so well thought out and so well done, you know, in a way that yeah. not everything, you know, has the chance to be, but I think he does it incredibly well. Yeah, and uh, what you said about the villains uh, is about, like, representing uh, our flaws and, and our um, ways of breaking our moral code, and, yeah, that's what the trilogy has done so well, and... Um, yeah, I really love Batman Trilogy, and uh, if you haven't seen it, please, now, go to Amazon or go to eBay and get the whole trilogy. It's yeah. really good. It's 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 definitely worth it. it. It's one of those trilogies that is, you know, the best, you know, really worth <laughs> yeah. it. But it's not my favourite trilogy, and I am I am surprised that this trilogy isn't on your list. But my favourite trilogy of all time is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, no, I forgot about this. You forgot about Lord of the Rings. I can't believe you forgot about Lord of the Rings. What a blooming no, no, film. What a series of films. Like, especially right. the extended editions. You know, like, dude. This is, like, this is world building at its finest. Yeah. You know, um, these films, you know, do, like... Something that, you know, a lot of kind of fantasy films struggle to do by building this world and these, these characters and these different civilizations and all, 
you know, having them come together. You know, you know, you see the plot through the hobbits, you know, the little guys. Um, yeah, the little guys. And then you got these giants, um, you know, being like yeah, men and elves yeah. and, you know, even dwarves to a sense and then wizards and, um, and, and, and you know, th- this whole plot reflects, you know, like things like the rise of, of, of communism and, and, and the industrial revolution and, you know, like very much reflects, you know, Tolkien, obviously the author, his experiences in, um, in the first world war yeah and like what what is so incredible about it is is how like everyone everyone under the sun you know talks about like really impressive setup and payoffs in a lot of films you know like avengers assemble like endgame and 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 but like lord of the rings does like like intertwines its payoffs with character development you know like I don't want to use Endgame as an example. Like, I love it when Cap catches the hammer, but that was never a part of his... You know, that doesn't pay off anything in terms in terms of character, whereas I, I think that... Um, I think that... If you think about the Rohirrim, you know, they have a payoff where, you know, they come to help Gondor, and, and but that's very much in part of Theoden's arc, and doing that f- yeah. fulfills his arc, you know? Yeah, and um, that th- there's a massive arc about these stories, and uh, and it's, uh, it's it's emotional connection with these characters. Uh, you don't know about these characters, but then once you go through uh, the pain and the loss, uh, like in Lord of the Rings, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and you know when uh, Boromir, or is it Boromir, um, who got shot? Yeah, right, exactly. Boromir, he goes through this whole like character arc. Like he was, he was seen as um, as a bit of a trickster, a bit of a, a bad person. But then once you got with the with the people, he's kind of got a bit good. And then you see this uh, des- uh this um, sacrifice from him saving the uh, the friends. Right. Uh, the yeah. Hits. Exactly. You know, you the ring is a really good like plot device to make the. You know, to, to to challenge you know the the fellowship and change their relationships and and all that stuff. You know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's what I really love about Lord of the Rings is about the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is so it has such a scope. You know, such a you know a scenic splendor, and you know it, it works for all kinds of scenes. You know, various different light motifs come back and you know are are used for you know representing whatever themes and. Oh, it's it's just it's brilliant. It's it's brilliant, and obviously, the the the, the cinematography. You know, New Zealand. It looks beautiful. Um, yeah, and uh, and also with the um, does uh, what the actors do with the with the directors uh, make it a bit more realistic. That's what I really love. And uh, yeah, yeah, they all. Uh, yeah, like the time when uh, Christopher Lee uh, <laughs> uh, wanted uh, to make uh, his death uh, a lot more realistic. Yeah, uh, right, exactly. Like yeah, I- I- exactly. And, you know, it-, it has these little moments where they talk about, like, food or, like, they like have, like, a little laugh together that, you know, it's it's fellowship, you know? Yeah. And there are, like, I'm thinking, like, there are two... Or, or three, incredible speeches, you know, in the first one, you've got Gandalf, you know, who says, like, you know, 
Frodo says, I wish that the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had ever happened. And Gandalf says, oh, well, so do all who's, who's lived see such times. So that's not for them to decide. You know, and then you've got Aragorn's speech at the Black Gate in um, in, in, in um, Return of the King. You get Theoden's speech at, at the Pelennor Fields in Return of the King. And then you've got Sam's speech at the end of Two Towers. Like, it, it's, it's about love. It's about friendship. And this really comes together in this... In, in incredible ways, and then they intertwine it with some incredible action, like thinking about the Battle of Helm's Deep, you know, the Battle of Black Gate, the Battle of, uh, you know, um, um, Moria, you know, the Battle of uh, Pelennor Fields. It's so yeah. cool. There's even a lot if, of battles, but I love it. Right, it's like even if even if you're not there for the deep things, if you're not there for the emotions, the battles are really really fun, and you know. Uh, and and different plot points intertwine like things like the Ents they come together during Helm's Deep and ah oh, it's just it's so much yeah. fun it is so much fun and and you never feel like the danger isn't ever present you know yeah, like that's the true beauty of a Lord Wings is about uh, the um, about the adventure and the, yes. the journey yes the yeah yeah I I agree. I agree. Um, anything else to add? Um, no. No. All right. Um, so that's that's the main segment done. Um, let's let's now talk about some weekly viewings. You got any weekly viewings? Yes. All right. Hit me. Give me your first one. So, um, okay. This is the film that I started watching in film studies. Uh, oh yes. I, I have to watch the last fifteen minutes in. Uh, in the film scene, it's called City of God. Right. Yes. Um, can I just say it's a totally, totally different film. Um, there's like a lot. Um, there's a lot of storylines uh, and there's a lot of characters that intertwine in the story, um, and I really like it. Um, but I haven't seen the rest of the film yet. Um, but another film. Um, Oh, did I talk about Life is Beautiful last week? You didn't. Um, so give me some oh. of your, give me some of your thoughts on the City of God, and then I'll and I'll, I'll give a film, and then you can talk about Life is Beautiful. Um, sorry. Give me some of your thoughts on City of God, and then I'll talk about a film, and then you can do Life is Beautiful. Okay. Um. So City of God. Um. Yeah, it's a really good film. Um, because you get to see um different characters' perspectives and. Like how the story uh, goes along uh, with these different characters, uh, like um, you've got Rocket, and uh, at the start of it, you uh, you hear his narration going through different characters. Um, like you got Knockout, Knockout Ned, Knockout Ned, Ned, my guy, my guy. And then you got like um, like different uh, different ages and different uh, things as well. Like you got. Uh, he, there was a little, a little Zay. Yeah, little Zay. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and uh, before him, he was little Dice. Yes, um, right. That for, for those said, like the character's name as well. Mm. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, um, City of God is a Brazilian film about um, kids in favelas <laughs> in in Brazil, um, and 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 also. Yeah. Um, City of God, it's not really about City of God because it has a lot of like um, um, talking about drugs, talking about like uh, sex, talking about everything uh, because 
and a murder as well because uh, usually if you if you think about like the, the name see we've got city of god yeah it's about peace uh and love and um and, and everything about it but then again it juxtaposes a lot uh, a lot with the the story and uh and yeah and this film was a uh, little bit con- controversial because um a lot of um uh actors uh, or uh, some of that they got like seven hundred, um, and the main character got like less than one point four k. Yeah, and uh, a lot of parents stole the actors' um, money, and that didn't go well with the film. So, yeah, right, yeah. Um, so yeah, would well, you? Yeah, I really like it. Um, I can't rate it yet, but I'll rate it next week. Okay, would you recommend it so far? With 15 minutes uh, left? Yeah, I would recommend it if you're really into um, world cinema. But I really like it. Um, but I recommend it. Uh, it's not on Netflix or Amazon Prime. If it is, do watch it. Um, yeah. Great. Um, your turn. Your turn to... Okay, so to I watched a film on a friend's recommendation. So I watched Romeo and Juliet, uh, which is a Baz Luhrmann-directed uh, take on William Shakespeare's play. And yes. um, I've seen Moulin Rouge before, which is another one of Baz Luhrmann's films. Loved it. Music's great. Acting's great. All that jazz. Um, but I really, really enjoyed Romeo and Juliet much more than I thought I would. Like, I haven't read the original Shakespeare novel um, or play. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen any other versions of it. Obviously, I know the, I know the story. Um, but I really appreciated, you know, how it, how it did it. You know, this modern take on, on this, um, like, really old... Um, story with like old old fashioned you know dialogue and and stuff like that and I just really appreciated what it did I, I appreciated the visuals I appreciated the acting you know the connection between the actors um, you know I, I you know I had some problems with it I thought that some of the stuff um, felt a bit like a bit too actiony towards the end and some of it like yeah. wasn't developed a bit too much so some characters who could have been swapped out but obviously I don't think they did that because they wanted to keep it as close to the original as possible. Um, but I really appreciate it. I really thought it was really nice and, and, and quite heartwarming and pretty tragic at times. Obviously, yeah. you know, if you know the story, you'll know that it is quite tragic. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, young Leonardo DiCaprio, obviously I've seen Titanic, but I really appreciated it. Um, yeah, it, I, um, I watched it when I was uh, in high school, and uh, I really liked it. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of those yeah. films that's just, like, loads of, loads of fun, and... Um, and you know, even when it's not, it's it's it, it can be a really nice love story. There are some really nice sequences, like there's a sequence where Romeo and his friends are all on drugs, and then it kind of transitions from them being like drunk and on drugs into the party, and then it you know this is then the, this you know aligns with the first time that Romeo and Juliet see each other through a fish tank, and and you know it has this kind of dreamlike sequence, you know this kind of um, they're both kind of pulling towards each other. Um, you know, attracting, and oh, it just it just works so well. Um, and I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, uh, I I give it an eight out of ten. I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I agree, eight out of ten. Yeah. What else would you have? You watched Life is Beautiful. Ah, Life is Beautiful. Wow. Life is uh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, um, first off, this is a really um, sad but happy film at the same time. Yes. Um, and it's, 
it's also a global film. Uh, I watched in film studies. Yes, uh, I didn't watch in film studies because yeah, I was it, self-isolating for one day. Ah, yes, you were the the one day uh, of self-isolation. I watched it on my uh, laptop uh, with uh, full volume and everything. Yeah. And this one's a uh, um, yeah. This this one's a uh, an Italian film for anyone who doesn't know. Italian film from the nineties won best foreign film and best actor at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And also, um, oh, there's a lot of things to talk about this film. Uh, first off, I uh, I want to give praise to to the uh, the actors and the the um, uh, everything that he worked through this film because it um, it just showed us like about how life is so precious and um, and how you're going to do it, how you spend it with your family and and, and like in dark times as well. Um, and um, like the first half of the film is just about joy and um, it's just a really really happy. It's like like one of the best happiest film, like moments in the film. Yeah. But then the, when, the, it goes, the, when it goes it, like really depressing stuff, you see that the, the father um, who um, helps the son uh, not try to get into the like into like the realistic like things about. Um, the Holocaust or um, uh, about the horrible places in mm. and that shows us like I care a lot about um, the father and shows us that like the son doesn't get like a lot of um, post-traumatic uh, like stress disorder um, or PTSD and that what the father does that I really love he cares most about his son rather than himself and um yeah, and it's just one of the best uh, endings. Uh, it's such a satisfying ending uh, to see. And um, oh, it's a bittersweet yeah. ending, though. Yeah, because uh, because I would you give know, it a there's 10 out of 10, uh, yeah, I I'd, I'd agree. You know, it's a it's a controversial one. You know, it <laughs> yes. it deals with some pretty deep topics in quite a you know sometimes in quite a light hearted way. But I think it it does stuff that no other Holocaust film has ever done before, and. Yeah, yeah I agree with uh, you. Holocaust films just go in like in really deep stuff, um, which I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Like you know, if anyone's seen Schindler's List, what a bloody film! Brilliant film. Um, yeah, and um, and I recommend it because uh, for historical um, people or huge cinema nerds, um, yeah, I would give this uh, a ten out of ten. Like I just said uh, it's not on Netflix. It's not on, on Amazon Prime. But if it is, please do watch it. Yeah, get it on Blu-ray. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. Okay, and, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so so the second thing that I watched, I watched The Man From U.N.C.L.E. Um, yeah. Another thing that someone uh, recommended to me. Um, and, yeah, again, I was really surprised. I remember when it came out, I never bothered... I didn't bother watching it, but I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the... You know the um, the relationship that Henry Cavill and Army Hammer, obviously <laughs> yeah, the two, really obviously the two leads, they have a really really good rapport with each other. It's a Guy Ritchie film, and I've seen quite a few Guy Ritchie films, and they have this, they have a really like good aesthetic, where yeah. you know like you know the, the the cast like you know they can do like comedy and action and uh, but then like emotion at the same time, um, and I yeah I just thought that it worked really well and it, it was really fun and. And enjoyable, and I like the yeah. period setting of it. Uh, I just like I had I obviously had a, bit, a couple of problems. I thought it moved too fast at the beginning, and some of the um, emotional beats didn't really land because they weren't developed enough. But other than that, like yeah, this is like 
a really really fun film that is oft over often overlooked and you know gave me a very kind of nice guys vibe not as good as the nice guys but pretty close like yeah it, it just yeah I'm I'm a, I was a big fan and I really really appreciated a lot of the things that it did um yeah and and the way that it tied into history and stuff um yeah um what would you give it out of 10 I'd give it an 8 out of 10 Oh yes I agree um it's such a, such a good film It really uh, is Henry Cavill and uh, Army Ham uh, Hammer, and it's just really co like a comic, uh, comedic duo. But it's not good as The Nice Guys. No, it's not as good as The Nice Guys. Um, so yeah, that's our uh, weekly viewing segment. So now let's talk about some emails. And John, guess what? We've got an email this week. <laughs> Yay! Okay, so first of all, just want to um, say, you know, if you want to get in touch with us, um, we are at um, Time Film Pod at gmail.com, you know, drop us a, an, e an email, please do, um, we love reading them. Um, but yeah, we do have a comment on our, on our last video from Alex, once again, thanks Alex. Um, he says, I prefer the longer ones, but the short ones are still great. Um, that's cool, this episode is um, not as short as the last week's. Yeah, but last week was a bit of a... Um... A long one. Weird one. Yeah, but this one is, um, depending on when we, when we finish, this one is, is going to be up, like, about the same, like, the average kind of length. Um, so, yeah, our email. Uh, again, yeah. <laughs> from from Alex. Thanks, Alex. Oh. <laughs> same, uh, say, same, same, same guy before, but that's cool. Okay, so he says, What's up? I just thought I would send a review of Bill, Bill and Ted Face the Music. I watched it in the cinema a little bit ago. Hopefully this has no spoilers for John. Um, I'll give it a 6 out of 10 and a soft recommendation. Overall, overall, I thought it was a pretty fine movie, but it was a little lacklustre. It's definitely not as rewatchable as the previous two movies. I won't spoil it, so I'll summarise as the daughters do the same thing as Bill and Ted in the first, did in the first movie, and Bill and Ted get up to mild shenanigans. I can't spell that, but I want to keep it. <laughs> And the princess do nothing again. Yeah, I agree. The princesses, the princesses are pretty. Um, you know, they don't really do much in any of the films. Um, but yeah, I, I did. I did think that um, some of the film, uh, some of the the daughters did kind of just copy uh, Bill and Ted in in the first film. Uh, John, you should watch it. <laughs> I can't now. Yeah, I know you can't now. It's very very sad. Um, but the, yeah, that, that's our emails. Uh, please do uh, email us or comment on the videos. You know, we like reading them, and you know, maybe one day we'll get more than one email. Yeah, tell us, um, like, give us some jokes or like some really funny recommendations in the in the comments or yeah. email. Anything, so anything. Do um, what you want. But yeah, that's the that's the show. That's the show for this week. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. You know, thank you for. Thank you for, for all you who have subscribed. If you haven't subscribed already, do it. It's cool if you want to or don't. Uh, leave a like if you yeah, enjoyed just it. Don't, just um, listen to crazy, uh, two crazy guys. If you are, then why? why? Listen to Poetry John. Well, one day. One day we'll one, get him onto Poetry John. When everyone just goes, hey, there's those two crazy people. Uh, yep. Uh, um, okay. But yeah, thank you for, for listening. Thank you for... Um, for all the things, if if you've left an email, thank you for that as well. Thank um, you for support. Yeah, we have now risen to seventeen. Seventeen subscribers. Yeah. No, we're on nineteen now. Yay! Nearly on, nearly on twenty subscribers. Thank you for support, guys. Yeah, what a what a what a time to be alive! If you want to get in touch with us, we are on Outer Time at Outer Time Film Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and OuterTimeFilmPod at Gmail dot com. If you want to talk, get in touch with me or just follow me on Twitter. I am at Tom the Bodman. 
And if you want to contact me, uh, I, my Twitter name is Comedy John Forty Two, or just to follow me, that's it. Um, yeah, um, you know the, those the, that information is in the description below. Um, next week we're going to be talking about The Boys season two, which has yes, finished. Uh, the last episode. Um, oh, and quickly. Oh, last episode was a bit. Um, Didn't watch it. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> that's my clue. What? Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> now this is our time, this is our um, ending for our podcast for this week. So please, join us next time. Yes, we'll be talking about the boys. It'll be great. Um, but until then, take what you're given. Get nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.